0: You know, I was praying the other day, and I remember telling God, "I don't want a relationship that is flimsy. I want a relationship that is like a gem, tried and true. A relationship that has been tried by whatever can come and has stood the test, and that can stand the test in time. So that that is the same thing I want. I would like for you that your relationships, whichever ones they may be may be tried and true, not flimsy, being carried by every rumor that comes along, along every idea that comes along, but that it may be rooted in Christ so that it may flourish and that it may be a catalyst to your growth in faith. That we may all commit this year to having relationships that are tried and true, that are pleasing to God that are showing the fruits of the Holy Spirit, not just the hashtag relationship goals that we see on the internet. Because we are Christians, we are kingdom, and the way we are known that we are Christ's disciples is by the fruit. So our relationships ought to bear that fruit which pleases God, the fruit which we expect to have seen in Christ, Ought to be reflected in the relationships that we have. Not just smiles all around, which smiles are not bad. But it ought to be more than that. So that in growing in Christ, in growing in our relationships, we grow in the fruit and the gifts that we have. And that's it for this season. That we will learn to grow in the fruit and in the strength and in the depth of our relationships, so that it may be pleasing and acceptable before God. We are saying no to flimsy relationships that are based on ideas of the world. We want the kind of relationships that stand when put to the test. We want the kind of relationship that cost, as the Bible says, that cost Sarah, to call Abraham master, and for her from the beginning of the Bible to the very end, she—it's called. She's set forth as the example for all wives. That's the kind of relationship we want, not the kind that, when trials come, we start saying, "Why don't you just cast God?" And, We want the relationships that are deeply rooted. In Christ, the kind of relationships like the one Ananias, not Ananias, we that's a whole different story. Priscilla and Aquila had, so that they were okay with going forth into ministry, moving from where they were needed to where they were ne- elsewhere they were needed, as long as the will of God was done. That's the kind of relationship we want, not. The kind where when trials come one person runs away and flees and leaves <laughs> the gospel. Or the kind of friendship where Paul in is it Ephesians? The book before Colossians tells the two of them, you people as in any hour to help these people they reconcile. We don't want that kind of relationship. We want the kind of relationship that stand the kind of relationship that Peter had. Is it Peter? Cephas and his wife. Where they went, uh, they ministered together. Those ones traveled together. That's the kind of relationship we want. I mean, think of Philip and his daughters, where after ministry, he goes home and he mentors his daughters, and they become prophetesses of God. So the kind of relationships we want. Not just... The kind like um David and his sons, Absalom and Am- Amnon, where he would not discipline them and they just turned against him. This That's not the kind of relationship you want. That is not a God-edifying de- relationship because God calls us to be set apart. That's what it means to be holy. And our relationships as they are must be holy. We must act in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ and our Our relationships must be conducted in a manner that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. And we know that the gospel of Christ says that Christ was all things were made for Christ and God in his fullness delighted to dwell in Christ that Christ may come on earth and die for the people so that they may be reconciled to God. And that he may bring the people close to himself and that's really what we want that our relationships will include the bringing of all things under the authority of christ the godliness of christ and the reconciliation of people to christ so that there may be the delighting in god that's what we want for our, all our relationships not just humoring ourselves in everything that we do we do not just want to be hashtag relationship goals which is not a bad thing if you want to be that if that if hashtag relationship goals will embody what christ did if it will embody the gospel of christ then there's nothing wrong with that but if hashtag relationship goals is more of touring and flaunting there's nothing godly in that and so we want our relationships to be fruitful to multiply on this earth to be able to till the land and maintain it those were the mandates that were given to men on earth let our relationships be restorative the same way christ came to restore us to god himself because we are we are all, we have all sinned and it is the responsibility of each one of us to give the other one grace and to give ourselves grace. We, we would like our relationships to be the kind of place where a person knows if they fall, they are not going to be condemned. They will be corrected, but they will also receive grace because God is a God of mercy and he gives mercy to those whom he loves. That's a kind of kingdom relationship. And that's what we mean throughout this relationship, uh, this podcast, when we say we want a kingdom relationship. It's a kind of relationship when you stand before God and it's put to the fires of love. When the hair and stubble are burnt off, you will remain with a gem. And that gem, you can cast it down before God in worship. If your relationship cannot be offered as worship before God, then it is useless. It is pointless. It is a waste of time. It is better off not existing. It is a waste of oxygen. But if your relationship is a living sacrifice, every day before God, it will become a fragrant offering, a pleasing sacrifice. That the same way Christ offered himself as such you and that relationship will become an offering before God and it can be worship to God pleasing and acceptable because we do not want to have the kind of sacrifice that Abel gave not Abel King gave that after The sacrifice, he goes and scrolls somewhere. And God has to come and tell him, sin is crouching at your door. If you open the door, it will bounce on you. So yes, we want to have a relationship that can be presented before God without shame or fear. And that does not mean that the relationship is perfect necessarily. That is not what we are talking about. We are talking about through the failures, through everything. We keep the vision that it's about God. It's about eternity. It's about Christ, not ourselves. Because hand stubble will be burnt off. It means that there will be hand stubble. After all, we are all inclined to sin. But at the end of the day, will there be a gem? Will there be that precious gem that is left that you can cast before God in worship, that time when you will be saying, Holy, Holy, Holy is the God Almighty in His presence, in His very presence in person, will there be anything you will have to offer or is it just the flimsy pleasures of this earth that will have been burned off? And others will be casting off the trials that they went through and the triumphs that they had. And you will be standing there with nothing to offer before God. Empty handed. Or with a smallest list of gems because you never endured. Because you never kept the vision. Do you want to be that person who will have nothing to present? Perhaps you will find even people who people who you thought were in very troubled relationships and marriages and work relationships. And you will be wondering, why, why are their precious stones so huge? And you will remember that day that Christ said, take up your cross and follow me. Because no servant is greater than his master. And Christ himself took up that cross, did not complain, and he went to the cross. He went to Calvary, and he was offered himself a living sacrifice. Are you willing as a person to be offered as a living sacrifice to serve someone else? Are we willing to be offered as a living sacrifice in service of someone else in the littlest of things? Because everyone wants to be a hero almost everyone, that it's, wants to be a hero to do the greatest things. Maybe the greatest thing you can do today is pick up that sock and put it in the correct place. Without complaining, without arguing, without having a hard heart. Because much of, like think of, besides the time that uh, Christ went to the cross publicly and the triumphal entry, a majority of Christ's ministries actually, in high, was not written down. It was not public. It was in the small things, as we like to call them, which are huge before God. He says that I was in, I was in prison, and you did not come to visit me. I was naked, and you did not clothe me. I was hungry and you did not feed me. I was thirsty and you did not give me drink. Therefore, get away from me. I never knew you. Whatsoever you do to the littlest of these ones. I mean, think of it. The people you know, aren't they sort of like the biggest sinners you know? They are the littlest of these ones. They are the littlest of the ones Christ knows. They're the littlest that we know before Christ, because we know their sins so well, yet Christ says the littlest that we you do to these ones. You do it to me. So at the end of the day it will be Get away from me, I never knew you, or welcome home, good and faithful what? Good and faithful servant. Not master, not commander servant. Because no, no servant is greater than his master. And Christ served and he's our master. Therefore we must serve. And that's the way of the kingdom relationship.